Hello and welcome along to the second part of our Winter Blues mini-series here on Father Nature. This is 11 Ways to Beat the Winter Blues, Part 1. And what we've come up with here is a mnemonic. So I had been telling people that we'd come up with a mnemonic which is of or relating to or affecting the lungs. Um, we haven't done that. Like we've, pneumonia. we've come up with a mnemonic, which is M-N-E-M-O-N-I-C. Uh, the rarest occasion, the first occasion, I think, of seeing a silent M. Um, mm. And it is, do you know what it is, John? Uh, well, I know. Well, no. Okay. <laughs> well, off the top of my head, it's something like a system such as a pattern of letters, ideas, or associations, which assists in remembering something. So, in order to help guide you through the winter months and dealing with the winter blues, we have come up with our eleven ways by spelling out winter blues and associating each of those letters with a way to help you beat the winter blues. That makes sense, doesn't it, Rob? Bravo. We should so patent it or copyright we, it or we something. We should, yeah, absolutely. We, we will be in the process of that um, <laughs> Cash this cow. week. <laughs> um, <laughs> so the way that these next two episodes are going to be structured is we're going to run through each of the letters for winter blues. The first of these episodes, part one, is going to cover the winter section and we're going to have a, a brief chat about each letter and then Rob is going to give us something that we can do right now to put that in place so that that will make more sense as this episode progresses but basically if you could try and as well as listen to this episode perhaps have a notepad or use your phone to write down winter right now write it down sort of lengthways and next to each letter write our suggestion and then also write the plan of action for each letter that, that we've come up with as well and this is going to hopefully be one of the ways that you can sort of help navigate through these uh, winter mm. months as well if you do find yourself or as we've discussed, preventatively from um, experiencing the winter blues. So, without further ado, and because I feel like I've said the word winter even more times than I perhaps <laughs> imagined on this mini-series already, I think we should start. So, W then, John, of our winter, and for our listeners, W stands for walking in nature. Take it away. Perfect. So something to do every day of every week of every month of the year obviously if we can try and get out to walk in nature one thing that i'm going to do for some of these um titles is also throw in the sort of uh hormonal changes because this is as we said in the last podcast one of the things i'm really interested how how we're um affected now walking in nature that's going to give us a boost in so many ways it's it's become almost sort of like fortunately much more accepted time spent in nature helps 
ease your mindfulness and well-being. Uh, you know, the, the forest bathing type scenario. It might not be seen as quite so good for winter months in that you're going to be sort of sitting quietly and you might think you want to be a bit more brisk. But either or, get out, have a walk, um, let the sun in. You know, especially I always think if you can get somewhere a little bit higher, you're more likely to just gaze over sort of a good viewpoint. You're letting the sun in all the time. This is um, going to boost your serotonin levels. We've mentioned this before, and that is basically seen as being a, one of the mood chemicals. Um, so, you know, a good preventative measure. If you can get a walk in sort of before the day really kicks in, then think how beneficial that is. You know, you're, you're, you're sort of stimulating a, a mood enhancer straight away. So, yeah, just see that as being part of your daily, um, your, your daily habit to get and walk in nature. And by nature, of course, a walk in the park is, is just as good as sort of, you know, the wilderness. Get out where it's green. You know, trees without leaves on are just as gorgeous as trees with leaves on. So, you know, recognise the sort of the beauty in winter. And whilst we are saying our w is walking in nature it is part of a wider point isn't it john of getting outside and getting daylight which are two of the biggest yes. things that you can do for conquering the the winter blues or preventing it yes definitely um daylight and of course it's also uh, exercise and uh which we'll so get it, on to yes, okay. in the mnemonic <laughs> <laughs> don't skip the mnemonic <laughs> okay we'll try not to <laughs> uh yes but getting outside and getting daylight um yep. are, t- are two of the biggest uh you know points that we'd like to make aren't they yes definitely definitely and john just quickly is there anything that you like about walking in winter over and above walking in any of the other seasons is there something that you look forward to specifically about a winter walk yeah it's an interesting point actually rob because i think one thing you get in uh the the winter months is a certain clarity of air uh very often you know you get a frosty morning, something like that. The air is incredibly stimulating, I think. Mm. It's got that sharpness and a, a general sort of feeling of sort of cleanness, really. And, uh, you know, it sort of kind of makes you want to inhale. The other nice thing about, I, I find, walking uh, at this time of year is that you can walk hard without getting too sort of hot and sweaty, as it were. You know, it's 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 quite brisk. You feel... The, the more you walk, the more comfortable you feel, sort of as far as body temperature goes and such like. As a sort of bird watcher as well, watching birds in winter is, is quite good because actually the, when the leaves are off the trees, you've got more chance of seeing the actual birds that you might hear if you're walking through a woodland. Uh, sometimes in the summer, especially if I'm doing my birdsong courses and I'm taking people around with me and I'm sort of emphasising the importance on birdsong, because you don't stand a chance of seeing them sometimes mm. because they're up in the treetops and, uh, you know, they're shrouded by millions and millions of these wonderful leaves. A lot of people love walking in winter, actually mm. above, um, especially in this country as well, above uh, potentially 
a lot of the other seasons um there's something about a nice crisp winter walk isn't there yeah also the impact of the if you if you do a nice crisp winter walk as you say you can it's more obvious how it affects you because when you finish that walk and you come in you sort of you know take your boots and your waterproofs off and you sort of go make yourself a cup of tea that sort of feel good feeling and you feel it in your skin and your lungs and your your general well-being i think possibly slightly more obviously than a summer walk mm. okay then robbie our, our wonderful listeners have written down walking in nature what is the specific action that they can do straight after listening to this podcast so I've got two, and it depends okay. how much time someone has on their hands. So the first one is, if you have the time, obviously, to get out on a walk each lunch, if you can, and as part of that, to plan a new route. So something I'm going to try and do is that there's, um, I think I've said um, a couple of times in the podcast, my space being the log down the road uh, in the in the field. Like That's quite a rural area, and there's so many routes I could go around there, which I've yet to do. So my the way I'm going to you know um, address this point is i'm going to plan a new route um explore somewhere new like i say i'm now looking really forward to it i'm going to pick a crisp day um and yeah make sure i can go out and and, and dis- uh, discover a new route mm. the other one is for someone that maybe doesn't have um as much time to go on a, a longer walk or a walk you know on their lunch break something that i've read which i found really interesting is to almost treat daylight in a in the same way that a smoker would treat smoking in that try and go out for a few short breaks every day um if you can sort of three to five times a day for five minutes so if so if you don't have a long lunch break or you don't have anything like that if there's five minutes slot you have in the day just to go stand outside you know if try and stand in the sun if you can't stand in the sun like we've said it's the daylight that makes all the difference so just to stand outside and just take in what's around you and really switch off for those five minutes to get away from your electronic devices your artificial light is going to make a big difference so there the two the two points i have right let's move on to i then and i stands for interaction father really important and one of my one of my pet things socializing yeah and i should say you know when we say interaction we are talking about socializing essentially aren't yeah we? I think so. Make, making contact with our, our sort of fellow humans. And I think two aspects for me. Um, one, keep things going that you do year round or that you do for, let's say, the summer months. There, there is no real practical reason to stop doing so many of the things that just might become a little bit more awkward. Why should the dark and the damp and the chilliness stop you doing what you usually do? Often, there's there's no great reason. I can see how sort of perhaps cyclists and joggers and such like, if they do that with, with part of a club or something like that, I can see how, you know, your, your trip hazards, your slip hazards, your discomfort, this, that and the other, might creep up a bit during the winter. But I'm thinking about sort of, you know, people tend to do less during their evenings after work. And I think it's really important to keep them going. You know, there's no reason why you shouldn't sort of carry on with your yoga classes, your bridge classes, whatever you tend to do. 
no uh, reason why yeah I, I mean i'm not sure how many of our listeners are playing bridge uh john but uh, yeah yeah i, I, well, know I don't you know but i'm just <laughs> saying it's sort of like you know okay let's let's carry on going to gigs let's support your grassroots venue there we go yeah, yeah and uh but share it share it with people invite people out who you think might be sort of starting to hunker down for winter because they sort of you know can't really be bothered to go out invite them along sort of make them realize that actually yeah we can go down the pub for a pint and enjoy it you know walk there do something like that that the whole socializing thing it should be said also uh is an oxytocin uh sort of release mechanism in the brain um and you know that's similarly felt with uh it's boosted by helping other people so this this if if we've got the wherewithal, start sort of thinking, how can you help people who you think might be like sort of, as I say, my, my friend who sort of has, has really struggled this time of year. It, it's time for sort of, if you know somebody like that, just invite them out to something, get them out, you know, for, for something social, go down to your local club or sort of go along, go out to the cinema. It doesn't matter what you're doing. It's just being with people. Hmm. having parties again you know we this is one of the things that are saying in the last podcast we've got used to not socializing and it's it's very dangerous because we're social creatures you know our our evolutionary success has been completely and utterly down to our social function yeah so interaction socialization having fun making the effort because you but when you get back home afterwards you'll rarely regret it mm. uh, you said there as well john about helping other people and perhaps mm. that's a wider point as well that you know there's a a lot of people might take up a volunteering role or such and and, mm. and focus on other people and that might help them deal with you know what themselves are going through Yes. Yeah, very much so. And, you know, it's, I mean, the the volunteering sort of like um, opportunities in this country are, are literally endless. You know, you find, you know, what lights your fire, there'll be some volunteering opportunity within that to help people who might struggle to engage in the same thing. So it's really important. And But just as important is sort of like, you know, it, you might be on limited time, but if you've decided to go for a walk on Sunday morning around a park, who might you share that with? And if it's especially somebody who might not do that ordinarily, show them the benefits of it. And, uh, you know, you as you walk around, you can you can sort of, if you've got that mindset of the sort of reasons to be cheerful, you're going to notice things, you know, you look at that lovely colour of that sort of grass or look at the, you know, geese on the lake whatever it might be it's it's things that stimulate the the mind and enhance the mood yeah okay so robbie i for interaction what have you got for us so i think it's quite a basic one but it is it makes a massive difference and it's one that i personally have had in the last week so it's really just to plan a meetup with someone ideally i mean so what i've done in the last uh, couple of weeks is i've met up with someone i hadn't seen for over a year one of my really good friends one of my oldest friends uh, and like i say i hadn't seen him for a year and we caught up after work one day and it was it gave me a real lift for the next couple of days like we had such a good catch-up it was in an environment that really on the surface 
might not sound that appealing to someone that suffers from winter blues because it was outside we were like at a pub but it was like it was cold dark but it was great we had such a good evening and now it's for me it's given me a real lift to say actually on my day in london so i'm going into the office once a week at the moment previously i've been like actually i just want to come home straight away and you know have a quiet evening now i'm really going to push myself to make sure that wednesday is something where i will go and see someone or meet up with someone because it's a regular catch it'll be a regular catch up for me and i know now that actually it's it's far better than just getting on the train and coming home Mm -hmm. so my tip is just to plan a catch up with someone it can be like you say it can just be to have a pint down the pub it could be to go on a walk anything but it's yeah catch up with someone if you haven't seen them in a while then you're going to have more to catch up on and i found that great but it's just um yeah try and um you know plan a meet up with someone and if it can be a regular thing it doesn't have to be of the same person each time but for me like i say now i'm going to say each wednesday i'm going to try and meet up with someone if possible um and so if you can try and make it a regular uh, habit then then great mm. i'm free some wednesdays <laughs> yep. <laughs> haven't, uh, same Rob, same. <laughs> <laughs> haven't had the invite extended quite yet. <laughs> N stands for nutrition. Yeah. Well, what's not to love? We all love our food, don't we? Um, strange thing about uh, winter blues and seasonal adjust uh, affected disorder is that it's recognised that you can get cravings for some of the more dodgy foods sort of during those winter months. Uh, it's almost one of the sort of like the, the signs that it might be affecting the, is that you're really going for the, the stodge um, and the, uh, the, the sweet stuff. Uh, and you think, well, mm, so maybe there's some instinct there that sort of like it's a survival mechanism actually sort of in our society it's not really <laughs> I, I think for as far as nutrition goes what I would say is and we've mentioned this in the past is let's look at what's in season uh, because there's a lot to feel good about having local in-season produce that gives you automatically a more holistic approach to your food uh, the, the the Nordic folk have got sort of quite specific diets that use not only what's in season but what they've um, preserved. So there are lots of berries and such like, and uh, they can be incorporated into your diet. Um, the I think care of the sort of your intestines becomes massive this time of year, uh, not only because you might be tempted to go down the, the sugary line, this, that, and the other, but it's also known that this lovely serotonin, the mood in, mood enhancing uh, hormone, is uh, is something like I mean, don't quote me, but it's about ninety percent of it is produced in the intestinal tract, and therefore you need to look after that. So you're talking things like you know making sure you've got your probiotic, your, your natural live yogurts, your sweet potato carbs to boost the gut bacteria and things like that. And the other sort of, if you like, section of foods to be possibly a bit more mindful about is the uh, the ones that help uh, immunity, because it is a time of year when you know we we are for whatever reason more subject to 
coughs, colds, influenza, ailments of the lungs, as they used to call them. And so, I mean, for me, this is a classic sort of time to take your elder uh, supplements, which are known for uh, for increasing immunity. But, I mean, you know, we, we can't let the whole podcast become a, a sort of... Um, a, a, a sort of recipe book, but if you well, that's an idea. Thinking, there we are. Well, oh yeah, then we can certainly start to throw some things in. I mean, we we I think we spoke about elderberry rob in another p- podcast, but mm-hmm. I mean, you can get you can get that uh, as a supplement. Um, obviously, just mentioning supplements, actually, um, vitamin D. This is it, been recognised. Uh, it, it is a big one. It looks like sort of your average Brit should be taking it literally every day of the year these days so if you don't take it try it you know it's what what's the what are you willing to pay to feel good and you know if if you can sort your nutrition out buy yourself good food good supplements if you feel that you need them um iron can be a good thing to to boost because obviously uh low iron level will affect your levels of fatigue which is sort of you know important when you're trying to keep your energy sort of you know your your constitution up so it's another good one to look at um and if you do feel really deflated of course you can get extra advice get a blood test make sure find out what what is lacking it was only a blood test that made me realize that i was low in vitamin d and i thought i'd be okay for it because i spend quite a bit of time outside but um yeah had a blood test and there you go i was low so i've taken it ever since yeah and that's a lesson in itself because obviously vitamin d is what we would naturally get from sunlight and the whole Mm -hmm. thing that we're discussing is a lack of sunlight and daylight um, during the winter months and that is what makes the vitamin d supplement so important so uh rob beyond people um purchasing a vitamin d supplement what is their action plan for after this podcast so i've come across a really good graphic which i'll upload to the instagram and it's by someone called the doctor's kitchen and it's a really useful seasonal chart month by month as to what fruit and veg is in season so the plan is i'll upload that to instagram and it's to um you know choose some ingredients off of that uh, off of that chart so for the month of november or december or january um and make a new dish with it so they're all packed with nutrients so to, to all john to john's point there it's all it's all good stuff um and yeah to make a dish something new you haven't done before with uh, some of the ingredients that take your liking so for me i'm going to do something with parsnips or butternut squash or carrots i love making soups this time of year because it's a great way to like pack in the nutrients we've touched upon it on the last episode it's a nice warming lunch which is great for this time of year and it's really easy there's not really much cooking at all so soups are always a really good win um but yeah the tip is to to cook something new uh with um something seasonal okay excellent we've reached the halfway point of part one we've done Oh, it's spelled out win. I've just realized that. We've done the Yay. win of winter. There you go. That's the intention. <laughs> Father Nature putting the win in winter. Okay, so we're on to the T-E-R of winter then in our 11 Ways to Beat the Winter Blues episode part one. And T, John, stands for talk. Yeah. So I think talk, I mean... 
this this comes in with sort of socialization to an extent but it is also i think one of the the whole sort of things about mindfulness and being aware of mental health issues is that thankfully we're, we're starting to be much more able to talk about things without feeling sort of inadequate or sort of too vulnerable i think there's 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 two sides to this there's probably three actually i was going to say one talk about it anyway because it's an interesting topic and it's interesting if you don't feel it at all but you know someone who is feeling it talk to them about it get them to explain it so that we, you know we can only learn really from the people who are feeling it i think a lot of the time and if you are feeling it talk to people likewise who will talk to anybody about it who's interested but it'll be particularly interesting to talk together about ways of getting through climbing out of it whichever way you want to look at it and I think it's quite important to bring it to the fore in the sort of you're talking about it in a way of not oh god is I'm so pissed off with these dark nights and you know, I'm getting so fed up this that and the other it's a the, the flip side of that is well what can we do about it and then action it do do something about it but bear in mind that some people as we said I think in the sort of last podcast the whole sort of difficult part of winter blues is that the more depressed you're feeling the less you're likely to do something about it because that level of depression is affecting the energy and the motivation that you've got to action a plan through it so it might be that what you really need is the prop of somebody who maybe doesn't suffer it maybe you know a dog walker and you could say could I just join you for a morning to see what you get out of your dog walk in the morning something that obliges you to do it and then you can maybe sort of make 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 more sense of it but that just in talking I think you get this same uh sort of like oxytocin type uh reaction because you're sharing something you're able to offload it and uh and look towards doing something positive Okay, so just tell us what the three sides were again. The three sides were, one, talk about it anyway. Talk about it because it's topical. Ask people questions about it. Learn about it. Um, also, if you do suffer from it, talk to somebody either who does or doesn't suffer from it, but make sure you're talking about it even if you're suffering from it. You you won't be being the miserable old sod in the corner. You, people will take this seriously now because we all do a talk about it but also if you're fortunate enough to be let's say like me and I don't particularly feel it at all but if you notice somebody particularly a friend a neighbor or somebody who's really suffering from it make sure you check in with them and sort of like say you know even if you don't understand it, you can sort of sympathise with it and sort of say, well, I've heard you can do this, that and the other. Have you tried this? And then sort of get some reassurance that they'll try it, but then get back to them. You know, how's that going? Something that you said there is very pertinent because the whole, one of the, the biggest issues is when you're feeling like this, mm. um, you know, this extends beyond the winter blues as well. Perhaps the things that... The tricky thing is the things that probably you know would help, you don't have the inclination to do. do. Or, yeah, and, that, and that is the yeah. real tricky part of it. 
I'm sure a lot of our listeners will know somebody who has a mental health issue. It might be um, anxiety, depression or whatever it is, but they will recognise and possibly frustrated by the fact that this person can know what to do that might just help, but they haven't got the wherewithal because of that condition to be able to do something about it. Sometimes when you're feeling down in the dumps, you know that going out for a walk is going to do you good, but actually all you want to do is go back to bed and forget about it. Mm. And that's the easy option to take, and that's the one that sadly a lot of people uh, will take. And I, I completely get it because, these, you know, it, it's something that you need help with. You know, it's, it's, it's almost sort of self-discipline, but that sounds like it might be a bit sort of, you know, um, too critical of those people, but it, it, they need help to raise that sort of self-discipline in order to, to sort of say to themselves, actually, I'm going to go out for an hour's walk today and I'm going to walk fast and I'm going to breathe deeply and then I'm going to come back and have a good hot shower and nice food and I know I'm going to feel better after that. If you're suffering from depression, that's going to be a tough call to do. And I think as well as talking, also part of what you're doing now if you're listening to this uh, is understanding and researching what it is can be a big help as well so that you you know sort of what and what you're going through and why you're going through it and how to to beat it massive and also on account of the the last few years there's a huge amount of information on it i mean i i'm really no expert at all um and you know if if you do decide to research it you really need to almost fine-tune what you research because the the amount of information and incidentally help um is huge but again it it it's got to be you that sort of accesses it which is you know the difficult point i would say as well for those who feel apprehensive about talking about it with someone you can actually use this podcast in a way to um sort of bring it up in conversation you know you Mm. might say i listened to a a podcast earlier and they were talking about the winter blues and then have a chat about it or you could sit down with a friend or a partner or a member of your family and listen to it together and then have a chat off the back of it Um, yes very much so so rob what have you got to say about talking so i think john's covered the two main points really and it's it's you know if you feel like you're in a good space but you know others that that aren't then definitely reach out and you know let them know that you're there as a support system and you know help offer advice and the tips that that help you get through um you know the winter months and if if you are suffering and i think it is just it can be really scary to reach out can't it to pick up the phone and and Mm. just to say to someone that you know be the purpose of the call that you're not in a great space is a really daunting thing to do but i think you know linking this back to the interaction um letter and and point um is quite a good segue into that because i think if by by having a regular catch up with someone or doing something with someone and making that making sure that that person is someone that you're comfortable speaking to and being really honest with that's a far more um it's almost a safer way of doing it and it's quite it's less in it's scary and intense because it might be that you interview me meet up with someone 
and actually don't feel like you need to offload something in particular, mm. but actually just being with them that gives you a lift. Yeah. But conversely, you know, being with that person um, and feeling like you do need to speak to them, that's an in, that's a safer or that that doesn't feel quite as scary to me anyway than just picking up the phone and calling someone. So I think it links back to to the interaction and just making sure that the people you're interacting with are people that you can be honest with and people yeah. that you know you that you trust and and you know you can you can offload to them. So yeah, I'd say they're they're the two areas. One potential idea you could do is have. Uh, you know whether this be again a partner friend or member of family you could say okay every wednesday evening let's say for 15 minutes we are going to have a winter blues check-in as it were and then regardless you just have a 10 15 minute conversation about it about how you're feeling and then that might be a certain way to to, to ensure that you are talking about it enough mm. i think it's really really interesting as well because of course it's you know the the one thing about it of course is that it's not necessarily um an even feeling throughout the two three possibly even four months that people associate with the uh winter blues it can be quite erratic and people suffer it in different ways. Some people are very much sort of like morning sufferers. The whole concept of getting out of bed first thing in the morning really suffers. Some of them feel really drowsy and lethargic sort of very early in the evening. And uh, and also, of course, the the most dangerous thing is when it's what you might call cumulative. So you start to feel a bit rough in November, by December you're feeling it quite bad. Then you've got the little bit of euphoria over Christmas and then by January um, it's potentially at its worst. And uh, as I say, for me, I get to sort of early March really and I'm th I'm craving spring, which I sort of is very different from resenting winter but i'm sort of really craving the next season so i do kind of get that feeling and uh but of course for me with my interest in nature all the magic is really starting to kick in in the plant world irrespective of the weather so that that does help me out but i think um yeah the the regular check-in actually sounds a fantastic idea because it will allow people to say well, I'm a bit different this week, actually, because I've started to do a lunchtime sort of walk as I eat my sandwich. It, or, you know, I've, I've put myself on a course of elderberries or whatever it might be. Just it'd be really interesting to check in and find out what's making difference. Because it's, it's, it's a new science, all this. So, you know, it could be that people can uh, contribute through their own experience. The E of winter stands for exercise. Okay, we're moving into endorphins here. Nature's painkillers. <laughs> <laughs> People have known for years that sort of like exercise is fundamental to sort of good human health. We would have had an incredibly energetic life just surviving in primal times. People apparently get addicted to certain forms of sort of high-intensity exercise it shows you that it does give off sort of you know adrenaline endorphins is another thing and uh certainly if you work out you're likely to sleep better 
uh, you your body repairs better if it's if it's challenged and we're not necessarily talking having to be triathlon sort of competitors or whatever we're talking just people who walk people who might sort of you know decide they're always going to take the stairs rather than the lift uh, people who just take the opportunity to go to the gym, to go for swimming, to play badminton, it doesn't matter what it is, it's exercise. And, uh, and interestingly, uh, one of the other things that I, I did find out was that when people engage in winter sports, sort of football, rugby, etc., they don't tend to get uh, winter blues which is another interesting thing. And I think it's because if you are a, a runner, a jogger, a footballer, you know, a rugby player, whatever, you're likely also, as quite apart from your weekend sort of activity, you're likely to have a training session during the week, which uh, could be indoors, could be outdoors, under floodlights or whatever. But I think the contribution of the, that amount of exercise surely has an effect on on your mental health and your resistance to sort of you know succumbing to winter blues yeah and when you're playing in a team sport as well you've got the fact that you're getting outside you're getting daylight you're socializing yeah uh, you've probably got an eye on your nutrition um, mm-hmm. as well as exercising and it helps you sleep as well so it, it covers a whole mnemonic yeah right. all, all yeah the whole mnemonic um, yeah, but huge. it shows how how important it is, um, or it could be, and, and for people that don't play a team sport and have never played a team sport, it can be a fantastic thing to take up uh, for a number of different reasons. Yeah. Um, or you get your buddy out for a game of golf if you prefer something slightly more solitary. Yeah, you that know, usually makes me feel worse golf will be afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> you might feel worse afterwards, but if you see your golf as being just uh, a form of exercise and perhaps a, a mm. good opportunity for fresh air, um, then it won't matter so much yeah. that you're crap at putting the uh, ball in the pocket or whatever you're called yeah there's there's a famous <laughs> uh, yeah uh, there's a famous quote it's something along the lines of uh, golf is a great way to ruin a lovely walk yeah um, <laughs> okay robbie what have you got for us uh, for exercise i can vouch for this one so like i've exercised more in the last year or so uh, through lockdown really and i've really noticed a difference in my mental state so i can really vouch for it um i just i have a quick fact of my own which i think is really interesting um i read on the nhs website that a one hour walk in the middle of the day can be as helpful as light treatment for the winter blues which i think wow. Wow. goes to show the kind of impact it can have mm. um for me the way in which i'm able to kind of keep at the exercise is by setting goals um and you know this doesn't have to be a crazy goal but i think the tip for this one is to set yourself an exercise goal whether it's to get out a certain number of times a week whether it's to you know achieve a certain distance of a you know whether it's running cycling whatever it is set yourself a goal that's achievable to you um but it will push you so that you are getting out more than you or doing more exercise than you perhaps would be otherwise um and just stick to it and i think um Mm once you for me as well once you see yourself progressing against a goal that in what is in itself like makes you feel good so it's um mm. it's self-perpetuating 
Um, and again, I think we've already touched on it. If you can exercise with others, then that's a great bonus as well. Like I've, I've run um, with a buddy a few times and that's been really good. And that's mm. something previously I thought I would never be able to do a, a first and foremost but, or would really enjoy. But actually it was great. So, yeah, the plan is to for this one is is to set yourself a goal um, and, you know, keep mm. hold yourself to account for it and reward yourself yeah, yeah you've been doing a great job with your running as well and of course it's quite a, a privilege to be talking to the local legend of carter's cottages climb <laughs> as well i know <laughs> local uh, legend around these parts among so. among your many other awards on strava accolades okay so we've reached the r of winter and that is john a routine for sleep yeah so sleep everyone loves a good sleep don't they um it seems to me i've i've always been blessed with sleeping quite well um so i've i've not really had sort of too much issue with this but the golden rule seems to be to try and wake up at about the same time throughout this this is what keeps your circadian rhythm as it's called sort of in tune with your body um people who might uh travel abroad and they get this sort of jet lag thing or uh people who do shift work they often suffer quite badly through broken sleep patterns and that affects pretty much everything else going on and vice versa i mean one of the things they say is it's because your digestion also is in a rhythm which, you know, for for most people, it might be sort of obviously breakfast, lunch and uh, dinner um, at, at certain times that don't vary too much. And your body gets used to that in the same way your your sleep pattern gets used to it. And if you knock one out, you knock the other out and vice versa. So it seems like even if like, say, let's say you're you're you uh, set your alarm for half six most mornings then to get up to go to work uh it's worth sort of not sleeping too much past that at the weekends and it seems like you think oh no but that's my that's my sort of like luxury i sort of counter that a bit and i might be wrong here i might just be a bit bigger to you but i think no you can't enjoy sleep you're unconscious when you're asleep all you can enjoy is the benefit of having had a good sleep so for instance, I, I usually wake up about the same time, sort of, you know, if I'm not sort of doing something pre-planned early at the weekend, even if I don't set the alarm, I'll still wake up sort of half six, seven-ish, something like that. And I make a point of not trying to go back to sleep because I, I want to keep that rhythm. And I know that sort of, you know, that that's enough to get me through. Um, it It doesn't seem to be so important to some extent a variation in what time you're going to bed obviously your precursor for and your stimulant for going to bed should be feeling tired but you should also have a, a fairly settled uh sort of um mind so to speak so this is why it's very important especially for young people to be careful about screen time high intensity sort of games high adrenaline buzzes your mind needs time to calm down a bit before that. And so uh, basically, 
but by the same token, so if you, if you're feeling tired at ten o'clock, this that and the other, and you 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 know you're going to fall asleep, okay, brilliant. Ten o'clock. If you've actually spent that Wednesday because you popped out to see your mate, as we were discussing earlier, and you hit the hay at sort of half eleven or midnight, actually, that's not going to be uh, of much consequence, I don't think on your circadian rhythm you'll still get used to waking up at the same time even if you have a lie-in you know and you might read in bed or have a you know that luxurious cup of coffee in bed that you never get um that's fine because you're awake um but uh set your alarm for the same time each morning that seems to be a golden rule yeah and uh often hear about the temperature of the bedroom as well 18, cooler rooms. 18 degrees is, I think, the general um, advice for the best temperature. Uh, Robbie, what have you got for us then for sleeping? Well, yeah, so I'll leave the, the, the bit that John said, so obviously to try and get up at a similar time each day. But I'll focus on, I suppose, the pre-sleep routine. So something mm. I'm trying to do in the last week or two is um, kind of in the hour before I go to bed, try and build a bit of a routine. So, I mean, I'm, I go to I'm quite an early um, I go to bed quite early anyway. So I don't I go to bed kind of. 10 o'clock say most nights of the week (laughs) so um but i'm trying to set a routine for pre-sleep as well so in that hour you know i'm like winding down i try not to eat any kind of sugary foods obviously like really limiting my caffeine pretty much beyond midday um but obviously that's quite an extreme measure um trying to limit the screen time immediately before bed as well um and i'm just picking up a book so i'm trying to read myself not to sleep but you know i'm trying to read a couple of the chapters of my book um before i then you know try and sleep so in that hour before bed i'm trying to do as much as i can to wind down so that when i get to bed actually i feel quite nice and relaxed and i'm doing the right things so that i don't feel very stimulated at the point i'm trying to sleep um so i think the big thing for me would be um and yeah the, my recommendation is to build your pre-sleep routine so you know it doesn't have to be reading i know that's not everyone's bag you know it might be that you have a bath or you do a face mask or you listen to a podcast i think something that takes you away from a screen um would obviously be good and something like i say that um moves away from anything that's stimulating but build that pre-sleep routine try and follow it for as many nights of the week as you can and then yeah as john said get up at a similar time each day um, and I think it goes back to what we've said, like, you know, the whole point of the winter blues and, and sad is that if you're limiting daylight hours, really the last thing you want to be doing is sleeping through those daylight hours on the mm. weekend. So trying to expose yourself in those in those hours over the weekend mm. is, uh, you know, is obviously going to be massively beneficial. Yeah, it's an interesting point about caffeine as well. I don't think it's as extreme as you think, because um, for anyone who's a big caffeine uh, drinker, to look into the half-life and quarter-life of caffeine um, in terms of how much is still in our system, how many hours after we've had it. It's quite interesting to look up. That concludes the winter of winter blues in our mnemonic for part one of our 11 ways to beat the winter blues thank you very much for listening Uh, part two will be released uh, soon as well where of course we're going to go through the blues section and um, we really want you to to let us know uh, if this has helped you um, how you are tackling or preventing the winter blues please get in touch with us on our instagram at father nature hq and just share with us 
how you're getting on. Um, if you feel like it, review this episode as well if, if it's helped you. And please share it with friends and family who you think it might be beneficial to as well. Send us pictures, send us messages. We, we just want to know that this is helping people to uh, face the the winter months and as well that you're enjoying it so please do get in touch because we'd love to hear your feedback and uh, we will be back very soon rob and father thank you very much for your insights during part one i'll see you for part two